0: Hey, it's Paul Jones. You're about to listen to my interview with author Danny Carroll. The author of the book, Terminal Cancer is a Misdiagnosis. You don't want to miss this. You want to listen to the whole thing. Do yourselves a favor. Go to danny-carroll.com while you're listening to this thing. This guy's amazing. Stay tuned for part two, which you can also listen to right here. Good morning. It is hump day. Hump day. And it is March 1st, uh, 2023. I'm Paul Jones, and hey y'all, welcome to my church. And that was Welcome to My Church, the National Anthem, and a Pledge of Allegiance by a K-through uh 3 classroom somewhere in America. I found that one on YouTube, and I am uh Paul Jones coming to you live. From the studio on Race Road, in between Steak and Shake, and or the Closed Steak and Shake, and Ron's Roost Good Clucking Chicken. There you go, Ron. There's another plug. And I am sitting here this morning, which is uh, 3-1-2023 at 9.06 a.m., and uh, I think it's probably somewhere around uh, 8 o'clock at night uh, in Bombay, India. Is that correct? Danny Carroll.
1: Yes, Paul. It's now seven thirty-six in the Recording in progress.
0: All right, you just heard that recording in progress, right? I, I'm, I am so yeah. glad I remembered to hit that button, Danny Carroll. <laughs> Dude, I, I would have, I would have, I would have beat myself like a dog. Thank God. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. I am sitting here with Danny Carroll on uh, February first. Um, he is in Bombay, Indian. What time is it, Danny? Uh, it's seven thirty-seven, Paul. Seven thirty-seven PM. PM. Nighttime. Yeah. Okay. So wow. Now that okay. Now, uh, just for a real second, uh, here that kind of throws me off. So I'm at the top of the hour. So how did the time zone go and miss a half hour? Like pick up a half hour? Isn't it normally know. always on the dot?
1: No, it's different for different time zones, right? So I think I'm wow. I don't know, like okay. ten hours. All right. Ten and a half hours ahead of a Ten and a half, hours, and ahead a half
0: hours ahead of me. Okay. That, yeah. This is a first for me. I just learned something. The conversation's over. Thanks, Danny, for joining us. Have a nice day. <laughs> You're most welcome, folks. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: okay. So I, this, I, I have been so wound up about talking to you uh, for so many reasons. And the number one reason is Danny Carroll uh, sitting over in Bombay, India right now, um, we met through a call to action to speak to people about suicide, mental health, and depression. And Danny reached out to me. However, we did a um, we did a pre-interview. Uh, what day was that, Danny? Was that Wednesday? Last Wednesday?
1: Last Wednesday or Thursday, right?
0: Yeah. And the pre-interview, <clears throat> we should have freaking recorded.
1: <laughs> we should have recorded it,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, we talked we talk for an hour and a half. Uh, And uh, I think it was probably an hour and a half. And uh, that's the the problem here is uh, this is the most amazing man I think I've met through this process as far as just just amazing. So I'm going to we're going to switch gears and not talk necessarily about depression and suicide direct, as I told Danny, because. Danny Carroll's going to get his own radio show on bootlegger's radio. I'm going to talk him into that and uh, I'll send him some cigars or something (laughs) as payment, because we are on a very fixed budget. Uh,
1: (laughs) Payment accepted.
0: Oh God. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm going to, I promise Danny uh, that I'm going to go step by step here. Danny Carroll is also the author of uh, several, actually several books, correct, Danny? I mean, you've got several different entities out there that I would consider our books. Uh, Yeah, I've got five so far. You've got five so far. And uh, the Mm. one that, uh, if you're uh, out there listening, I want you to go to dannyslashcarol.com while we're uh, talking. And just kind of don't pay attention to what we're talking about here. But uh, you're going to see some amazing shit because this book I'm staring at and that I had the privilege of of getting from Danny and reading uh, is called Terminal Cancer is a Misdiagnosis. Danny Carroll, first of all, tell me a little bit about
1: your background. Okay, so I'm I'm now the ripe old age of 52 years young um i grew up in the uk i'm i'm british um i finished my education uh at london school of economics and i qualified to practice law can you imagine um, <laughs> you, luckily you, you luckily, luckily law- i never, you I, never I never I never ended up a lawyer <laughs> as needs a lawyer you shouldn't be a yeah lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah um I, m- I moved to in i i joined i'm i I went into the management consulting industry, and I and I came to India in the mid nineteen nineties, originally on a six month posting, and I've been here ever since. The place is amazing. Um, I've spent the last two decades, just under a shorter two decades, um, researching cancer, and I've spent the last seven years um, healing people who medical doctors had sent home to die. Um, helping them to fully recover their health. Um, I am what what you commonly call a cancer survivor. I've had lung cancer, I've had um, testicular cancer, I've had um, jaw cancer, I currently have what would be described as cancer on my back melanomas. Um, So it's a subject very close to my heart. Um, I started studying um cancer in detail in about 2005 when a friend of mine was diagnosed with cancer and couldn't afford the cancer treatment so i ran a i ran a marathon in bombay and i raised a large amount of money for a cancer treatment and um I mean mean, they said she had cancer right I mean frankly when she went in hospital she looked fine right um and basically she went in I funded her chemotherapy and stuff and I mean she she used to message me from hospital pool right and she used to say to me Danny I I don't know what these doctors are doing right but it feels like they're putting poison in my veins and at that time, I didn't know any better, right? So right. I strongly encouraged her to continue the treatment, and basically, she had three rounds of chemo, and she and she was dead. Um, and I was devastated, right? I mean, I funded the treatment, I strongly encouraged the continuation of the treatment, and I mean, it, it left me devastated. Yeah, yeah. so um, I'm yeah. like. Uh, what well, well, what age I'd have I been? Um, I'm like in my early thirties or something, right? Um, so I said to myself, right, I'm going to find a cure for cancer, <laughs> not doc, not a doctor, right? You right. know, as you do when you're in your early thirties, when you're a lawyer, you're not a doctor, I've right? no history in in medicine or in alternative healing or anything, right? But uh, I knew that from that experience, and also, I mean my entire family have pretty much died in an oncology ward of a hospital, right, of so-called cancer, right? right. Um, so many, many good reasons for me to to start the journey of looking for a better solution to the problem. I knew the existing solution didn't work, right? So I, I spent years, man, I, st- I studied everything. I studied and I, I studied the existing conventional medicine system, and I studied all forms of alternative healing, and I studied the bark flower remedies, which is a, an English uh, emotional healing system. I studied nutritional healing. I studied energy healing. I studied spiritual healing, but the, the, the problem I found with both conventional And um, alternative medical treatments is that they were all basically systems of symptomatic treatment, right? I mean, if you look at homeopathy, they say, oh, we treat the environment. And if you look at flower remedies, they say we treat the emotions. And if you look at nutritional healing, they say, oh, you know, we detox the system and all of this sort of stuff. But none of them are identifying or attempting to address the cause of the problem okay now i spent my i spent many years in business consulting and venture capital right working in india and the the simple basics of solving any problem right is input process output right so what goes in what process happens how does it work and what is the output right and with all of these treatments alternative and conventional they were all just treating the output, right? Right. No, nothing was saying, right? yet. Yeah, this is the problem. This is what causes it. This is what happens next. This is why it happens. And this is how you fix it. And when you fix it, this is what happens. And this is how the process progresses, right? Nobody was doing that, right? So regardless of whether, uh, you know, you, you'd have, you'd have, I mean, I've been working with terminal cancer patients for like the last two decades, right? Um, and every time you have a situation where you have two people on exactly the same diagnosis right and you 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 put them through exactly the same healing protocols right and and one lives and one dies right and and it, and it didn't it didn't matter how much i dug answers there were never answers right and any of the modalities like, oh you know it happens right some people live some people die but it was no answers as to why right so so i had a i had a in 2012 i had a i had a situation so i've been i've been running marathons for for decades right and out full marathons ultra marathons all sorts of crazy stuff right And in 2012, I had a problem where my entire body was riddled with golf ball sized knots in my arms, in my thighs, in my calf muscles. And I mean, at that time, I could barely walk, let alone run. So for six months, I was basically in physio. And what the physio does to get these knots out of your out of your muscles is basically they use their elbows, right? So they got their elbow and they 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 iron the knots out of your muscles, which I can promise you is excruciatingly painful, right? Doesn't and not even, I have doesn't even a, sound fun. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not fun. At, it's not fun don't, at all, right? It doesn't even sound fun. And I, I and I and I and I have I have a pretty pretty good pain threshold right um I, I have a fairly interesting and you know, agnostic relationship with pain it comes and goes and whatever right but i'd go in the physio would iron i they'd iron these knots out of my muscles and then two days later i go back and they're back again right and this happened this went on for six months right and i'm thinking christ now anyway i was facing uh i was facing an interesting challenge in my life at that point in time i'd separated from my ex-wife and i was in a new relationship my my current that partner at that point in time basically she was an american diplomat she was in in bombay on a on a two-year posting and her next posting was in santiago de chile okay which is approximately a ten thousand mile or sort of 40 hour journey from from bombay so the original plan was that when she left, we would just say "adios" and you know go on our separate ways. And uh, but what happened is we we became soulmates, right? And these knots in my muscles were up six months before she was leaving, basically. So about a week before she was due to leave, um, on a Friday evening, we sat down and um, we agreed that instead of prematurely we'd become soulmates Paul right right so right. yeah it, uh, as much as we practically knew we had to split up I mean it was impossible right because you know we'd be we'd become like joined at the hip right well, the, like the, like, the, like, the like torment, twins right? right
0: the torment of that alone uh, is unbearable when yeah yeah
1: So, so what happened Friday evening, we said, okay, let's not terminate, let's not terminate this relationship prematurely. Let's do a ridiculous, crazy, long distance relationship, right? Over literally, I mean, you could drill a hole in the center and get there quicker, right? I mean, it's literally the other side of the world, right? I mean, Santiago is even like, I think, 13 hours from DC, right? I mean, so it's like, way out there okay and from bombay you don't even imagine right it's it's a, it's a horrible journey but anyway so friday night we said we wouldn't end the relationship right saturday morning all of the knots in my muscles are gone just disappeared right for six months for six months my entire body was riddled with golf ball sized knots and saturday morning gone all completely gone and i'm like Wow. And the the Bombay Marathon was like just about a month away. And I'd been I, I hadn't run for a bus in six months, right? Because I had all of these knots in my in my in my body. I added like 10 kilos in weight because I wasn't exercising. And the, month, the marathon was a month away. I normally do it and run it run for charity, right? Support cancer and right. other causes. Um, and I and I trained for that marathon in a month and I ran it in 11 minutes short of my personal best. Wow. <clears throat> with like 3 weeks of training. Right. Right? I ran a I ran a 26 mile marathon with 3 weeks of training in 11 minutes short of my personal best. And that I mean that experience just blew me away, right? I mean, for 6 months I'm crippled, I can barely walk and then in 3 weeks uh, overnight all the knots just go boom and just disappear. And then in three weeks I trained for you know a 26 mile marathon and in Bombay it's hot as well right obviously right, right okay so I run I run a marathon you know near to my personal best with three weeks of training and I mean it poor it blew me away yeah right. I mean it, it totally blew me away right. so I was this is this is there's a deep dive into this experience right but it was it was critical.
0: Well that's the let me ask you this. So I'm I wanna make sure I'm on a on the right timeline here. So at this point and juncture, how long ago was this? This was back in two thousand, wasn't
1: it? This is this is two thousand and twelve. Two thousand and twelve. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then and and how much of your cancer research had had you started that journey yet?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I so you started, it started in, that journey I started in two thousand five, right? So you're looking. I'm seven years in.
0: Yeah, so you're seven years in, and at this point, you still hadn't had really your why, right? You're because that's what you were searching for was why, 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 and yeah. then and then this takes place in two thousand and um, uh, twelve. Twelve. I'm gonna write this yep. down. So this takes place in two thousand and twelve had this not taken place your aha may not have come
1: wouldn't have come no it wouldn't Absolutely. have come. okay it's windows not west windows so look six months i'm crippled right i right. can barely walk right forget running i can barely walk right and then friday night and six months previous i'm crippled right saturday morning gone right everything's gone right and the only difference between friday night and Saturday morning was sitting down with my girlfriend and agreeing that we wouldn't terminate our relationship. Was a mental stressor released. Yeah, I mean I've 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 since discovered that that those knots that were in my body had a had a biological purpose, right? Nothing in nature is random, nothing happens for no reason. Okay, everything has a purpose. And the purpose of those knots in my body, basically, was to stop me going in the wrong direction, right? Because I was planning on terminating the relationship with my soulmate. Okay, now, that girlfriend of mine, who I then spent two years traveling, you know, 40 hours, at a time to go and see, I mean, she's now my beautiful wife, right? right. And still my, and still my soulmate. Right.
0: And she so, is in. Not she's in Dublin. Va- she's not. No, Va- she's Va- in.
1: Va- she's in Dublin. Right. I mean, so yeah.
0: you have managed to make it happen, and Dublin you know, is Dublin, Ireland. Is how far away from you?
1: That's uh, about a fifteen-hour journey. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's, that's where it all started. Now I was, I, I mean, when, when, when that happened, I was planning, I, I had a suspicion that if, you know, from this learning of, of having these knots for six months and then them just disappearing overnight, I mean, I, I truly understood the power of the mind to both cripple us and effectively give our health back, right? Just bang, snap of your fingers, right? Amazing. Up until so this had,
0: up until that point, had you done any uh true research on the power of the mind at that point? Had you had you done really any true learning? Did you start educating yourself of the power of the mind prior to this experience?
1: Well, I was experimenting with everything, Paul. Right? I mean at that point I'd already I'd already spent seven years studying nutritional healing. I did, I did a I did a TED presentation on nutritional healing in like 2010. Right. I would spent years studying the bark flower remedies. Because that was to do with the brain, right? So I knew I knew that the brain had a role to play, I just couldn't work out how, why, what for. So I was separately studying the brain, and separately studying the body, right. But the mistake i was making you weren't tying the, the, two two the two together no i'm turning the two together i mean this 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 is an integrated system right i mean it's like being a car mechanic and learning how to change a wheel right but not knowing how to fix the engine yeah i mean it's an integrated system yeah you've got to be learning how to fix the clutch and uh, all the other things right this is the same. you have th- this is an integrated system. So you can't study them separately, right?' They've, it's got to be a holistic integrated approach where you understand how our brain organs interact with our environment and what triggers problems and how to fix them. and that and that's where that's the key link I was missing. Yeah,
0: and that's that's something you know, again, we we met for those of you tuning in, uh, I met Danny through uh, a call to action for people to talk about suicide and depression and through our uh, correspondence and then our, our ultimate uh, pre-interview just, uh, you know, was, was introduced to what you really are doing. And, uh, you know, part of the on the depression side and stuff, people what I when I speak, uh, Danny, and when I talk to people, I, I try to make them understand the brain
1: controls everything, everything. Yeah. Ev- and, but, everything. And everything, everything Everything. has a purpose, Paul, right? Right, right. Nothing, number one, nature in your lifetime will never make a single mistake. And na- nature never, never does anything without a purpose. There's always a purpose. And I mean, suicide's a super interesting one, right? I mean, suicide also has a purpose, right? And pur- the purpose is to increase... The strength of the gene pool right and i'll 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 explain to you quickly how that works right if you easiest way to understand this if you look at nature right so suicide is triggered by what my teacher described as a double territorial loss conflict right i'll convert that into english right my wife leaves me i get fired from my job Right. I've lost two territories. I've lost my wife as a territory. I've lost my job as a territory. Right now, if you're in nature, if you're the alpha of a wolf pack, right, if you lose your territory, you're dead, right? Because uh, an alpha territorial conflict in nature basically is a fight to the death. Okay, now when you lose two lots of territory, wife left me, lost my job. Nature concludes that your genes are weak. Right? Lost two lots of territory in one go. So you're weak. So, what nature does is when you solve one of those problems, okay, my wife left me, I got another girlfriend, okay, or I lost my job and I got another job. When you solve one of those problems, what nature does is it puts you into what's called suicide constellation. Okay? Nature has decided that you've got weak genes. Okay? Now, when you go into suicide constellation, The desire to kill yourself is extraordinary. And I've been I've been in suicide constellation and and I've personally experienced this. Unfortunately, I experienced this before I had this knowledge. Right. Right. So what happens is the desire to kill yourself is is super, super. It's almost impossible to avoid it. Right. So the way nature works is that if you actually commit suicide, the gene pool gets stronger. Right because he's taken weak genes out of the gene pool okay now if you manage to not kill yourself if you manage to run that gauntlet the suicide constellation and you manage to get out of it and it's like a slippery slope that you can't get off right if you manage to get out of that and not kill yourself the gene pool has got stronger because nature has decided that you're strong because you were in that Suicide constellation, and you manage to get out of it, and you can only get out of it if you're super strong, right? Right. So either way, the gene pool is improved, strengthened, right? Because right. if you're weak, you'll commit suicide. Right. If you're strong, you'll get out of it. Okay. It, it, so that's nature's design. It when when
0: you introduced me to this, I you know I'll be honest, is and I'm sure people listening. They're hearing weak, they're hearing strong, and they're making an assumption. But in like I did as I read, and then I reread, and then I reread, and I realized the validity and or the truth of what you were saying by, because one of the things that I have always told people is, if they've never experienced that, if they've never experienced clinical depression or depression, depression, you know, situational depression, they don't understand the amount of strength it takes to get the hell out of it. Oh, it, so, so it Night. Near, ne- it's nearly impossible. They don't understand. nearly impossible. I always described nearly it impossible. as, I always described it as, uh, you know, it, number one, it's the abyss. Number two, you go into a spiral. When, when I started ah, listening, what yeah. you said is, you, 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 you've got two things that you've lost okay your territories you've lost all of a sudden you go into this and what no matter what it is because it can be anything it can be a job it can be it can be anything. all of a sudden yeah. you find yourself like when I was in my 30s, I began to spiral spiral mm. and fall me, me too. I was falling down I, I describe it as falling down a shaft of drywall. You cannot grab on to drywall. You can't you you're just That's falling it. and it's so close. Exactly. You know you you know what the hell's happening. And I told people. I said you got your you got your hands up and you're just falling and you're and you're feeling that drywall and what you have to do is find a strength to kick a hole and then your hand will grab that hole.
1: Yeah, absolutely perfectly. And it perfect. just takes perfect. so much
0: strength to do that. It, 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 now, it, and, and then what you're going to do what you're doing right now with your correlation of the brain and things like that like with cancer which we'll get back on track on is that's where it starts
1: it's, now, is that where
0: it starts is is that where it starts on uh, and I'm going to use the term retraining the brain
1: so uh, this, this, Paul this is all about nature's design right nature nature is designed fundamentally to increase the strength of the gene pool in order to ensure the survival of the species okay so everything nature does is designed to strengthen the gene pool so that the species is is going to continue right so if you think about it if you if you was a, a wolf in a wolf pack an alpha in a wolf pack and you lost two lots of territory i mean you're going to be dead anyway right because those are both fights to the death and you know you're going to you're going to if you lose those fights you're going to be dead in any case so if you translate that into human nature okay basically when you lose two lots of territory nature has assumed that you're weak so nature wants to strengthen the gene pool so it wants to remove weak genes right now you described it perfectly about sliding down the drywall right now but here's here's the craziest thing right that suicide that suicidal thoughts you can basically switch that off like a light switch right and i've done it with many of my friends family patients etc i've worked with right if you if you say to yourself right i know i have got suicidal thoughts because i've had a double territorial loss i lost my wife i lost my job and nature has concluded that i'm weak okay i'm not weak i know that i'm in suicide because i've lost these these two territories and i've solved one of those problems switch off the suicide constellation and bang it switches it off like a light switch it is now. You yeah. You probably think I'm nuts. I don't. But I'm, that, I. But don't. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You can switch it off like a light switch. I pulled so many people out of suicide constellation. Yeah. I don't think
0: you're crazy. I. I don't think you're crazy. I most think, people do. Well, God bless you. you but most people. <laughs> most people do not understand the power that they have. Right. The power that they Absolutely. have within. Even people like ourselves, I, I, you know, I won't speak for you, but I, when I forget is when I end up in turmoil. Absolutely. When I forget. When you go into autopilot or you go into auto. Right. You stop practicing the things that you do. And, you know, now, uh, you know, whether it's the meditations, whether it's the music, whether it's the, uh, you know, listen, you know, music is therapy. You know that I know that. Uh, yep. Frequencies, therapy, you know that, I know that. Environment, yep. therapy, you know that, I know that. And um, that's one of the things, uh, you know, and not to get off on the, the tangent, but like with social media, one of the problems with so much of it, which is probably not helping cancer, not helping anything, is it's all negative, 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 poison, 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 poison. And there you go. You said you don't have a TV. I haven't watched the news in two damn years and I'm actually a hell of a lot better off getting back to the, the getting back to the cancer. Because again, if you're just tuning in, I'm talking with Danny Carroll, uh, the author of, uh, uh, the, uh, your, your, uh, terminal cancer is a misdiagnosis. Uh, so getting back on track, um, We're going to have to talk like a zillion times and Danny's going to get his own radio show here. I'm going to, I'm going to talk him into it. If I have to fly to Bombay, India, uh, Um, which you'd love anyway, right? So Danny, tell me this, ma'am. Tell me this. How, what is, what are you doing? How are you teaching people? Because one thing you said to me, you don't really heal anybody. Uh, no, it's, not it's, possible. it's up to, it's not possible. So let's make sure we're clear on that. Uh, yes.
1: Uh, you got me to hear yourself, right?
0: What? I, okay. I, I, I know of an individual that was just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, what are
1: you going to say to that person? It's, I mean, it depends on the pancreas, you've got two areas, you've got the body of the pancreas, and then you've got the pancreatic ducts, it depends, I'll have to look at the specific diagnosis, but typically the pancreas is affected by things like um, inheritance conflicts, so it's something you feel you deserve, you should have got, but you didn't get, you know, Steve Jobs had apple taken away from him and it affected his pancreas, right, pancreas gets primarily affected by losing something that you felt that you should have had but you didn't get mm-hmm. okay so then you've got to go into the devil in the devil's in the detail you've got to go in and, and actually understand what's going on in that person's life what have they what have they not got that they thought they should have got that they deserved or that it was rightfully theirs and they didn't get you know, so then, then you go into the detail of it. Let, let me, can I, can I start and just go back to the beginning in terms of my, my teacher? So you can so you can understand the context.
0: Oh, most definitely, man. Like I said, I, I, we've got, uh, uh, we've got roughly we're 39 minutes into an hour and and Danny has been very cordial to say, Hey, if we got to do, just keep going. I mean, we can't cover everything with you, man. It's impossible in an hour, and two hours, and three hours, and four. And that's why I said it's got to be a, a series. I want you to guide. Um, I want you to guide us that makes sense because I can go scattered all over the place, um, and I know so you let, can let,
1: too. Let, let's go. Let's go back to the beginning, right? Um, my my teacher. Um, so I was going to do this. I was going to do a PhD, right, to try and study the the link between um, the mind and cancer, right? After these knots disappeared, I had a hunch that there must be some connection between the mind and cancer. And I was gonna do a PhD to see if I could uh, establish that link, right? And in the process of looking for a university to, to host this PhD, I found this German medical doctor who was reported online to have a 92% success rate in healing terminally ill cancer patients using a form of mind body medicine, right? So then alarm bells start ringing. I'm like, Okay, I need to understand what's going on here, right? So I found him, um, I've spent the last now 10, 10 years studying his medical findings. But what happened to him in 1978, when he was in his late 40s his eldest son his 19 year old son was basically accidentally shot by a crown prince of in italy um and in the end after 17 surgeries he died right his 19 year old son died of this these gunshot wounds two months after his son died um this doctor got testicular cancer and stomach cancer right now he went through he had surgery he had his testicle removed he had, he had surgery on his stomach he was given a one percent chance of surviving right As a metastasis everywhere it's spread all over your stomach and over your body and all this sort of stuff right anyway one percent chance of surviving he survived it he survived it by having a surgery but not having chemo or radiation right which i understand most doctors don't take anyway right so he couldn't help believing he got he got testicular cancer right so two months and he's in his late 40s otherwise he was a healthy guy he's in his late 40s he gets testicular cancer two months after his son is shot and murdered right Right. now according according to conventional medicine you know it's a abnormal growth with no no specific cause and all of that all of that sort of stuff right but he couldn't help thinking that there must be some causal link between his son dying and then him getting cancer on a reproductive organ okay and net net so then he he at the time he was a he was an internist uh, a traditional medical doctor right But he was an internist uh, uh, at a university in uh, in Germany. And he was heading their gynecological oncology cancer research unit. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he had 200 female cancer patients that he was working with. And what he started doing is he started interviewing these 200 women to see whether they had gone through some type of emotional trauma before they got cancer, and out of 200, 200 had. Oh my God. Right. And when he started putting them into different buckets of ovarian cancer and breast cancer or mammary gland cancer and introductory cancer and cervical cancer and all of that, he started to observe that the women in the same buckets had all suffered from the same type of trauma. Okay. For example, the women with ovarian cancer had all gone through some form of profound loss. In the same way that he'd gone through a profound loss by losing his 19 year old son. Right. And in the X and Y game, you know, if it go if you if you're a man, it becomes a testicle. If you're a woman, it becomes an ovary. So those those organs effectively are the same in men and women in, in terms of how they respond. Right. So what he discovered is it works like this. Right. His son was shot and murdered. He got testicular cancer. okay. So he got, he got what's called a testicular teratoma, which is a very rare form of te- of testicular cancer. And what he discovered, so he's got, he's got his tumor growing in his testicle, right? What he discovered is that tumor in his testicle actually had a biological purpose and a biological function, okay? That tumor that was growing in his testicle basically was functional tissue. And the purpose of that tumor on his testicle basically was to increase his ability to produce testosterone and sperm okay the biological purpose of that is he just lost his son so nature is increasing his capacity to be able to to get his wife pregnant so that he could replace the child he just lost and that's if if he had he didn't notice this at the time, right, because he was a traditional medical doctor. But if he had got his wife pregnant, then the biological purpose of that program would have been achieved. The extra capacity that that got added in order to help him to get his wife pregnant basically is removed out of the system. His testicle goes back to its original size and the problem would have been solved because he would replace a child he just lost because he has got an increased capacity to produce testosterone and sperm. And what he discovered once he started understanding the links between life's challenges and traumas and um, biological programs, like in his case, testicular cancer, he discovered that it's exactly the same in all cancer programs. Okay, now you think of this, right? Imagine you're you're in a you're sailing a yacht. Okay, you need a certain level of skill if you're in a if you're in flat marina or something you need a certain level of skill to survive in that environment right now if you take that yacht and you go and take it out to the high seas and you've got 20 feet high waves you need a very different level of skill and capacity to survive in that environment and what my teacher's understanding of cancer is is cancer is basically nothing more than nature Exercising its survival programming to increase your capacity to help you to overcome a problem in life. And when you overcome that problem, then basically the capacity is reduced and take back to normal again.
0: Now, let me ask you this. So, um, and again, you know, Danny and I both are, man, what you're talking about is so far out. Of the realm of any box anybody could ever be
1: in, correct.
0: It 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 is, and you know you're talking about a man that you know 92 percent uh, survival
1: success. success rate with largely terminally ill patients. Right, as well, right? those and have been sent home to die by doctors. That's 92 percent.
0: Now. Question is um, because I think we have a clarification. But question is, Danny, have you and and if there if it's if it's apparent and I've missed it, I've it's not seen. Has has he and or you? Is there anywhere it's published of the different types of cancers, the different types of problems? You know, whether it's cancer, whether it's depression, whether it's blah 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 blah. Have you guys have you created something that people can go and see the direct connects, right? Like what you just described. What is there something yeah. out there? Have you done that?
1: There is. And if if on if you if you sign up to my website, it's a it's a double opt-in, right? So you'll sign up, you'll get an email saying, right. Please confirm your email address, which will probably go in your spam folder. If you click on that, you'll get a free download of a four hundred page ebook that summarizes the entire medical science the Dr. Hummer. So it has every, pretty much every disease on this planet, what causes it and how to fix it in one book on my website
0: <laughs>
1: I I'm telling you man and now I want
0: I want to say something because we, we when we talked in the pre-interview which was just amazing I, I just feel like I've known you all my freaking life. Um, i'm telling you it's crazy how you know like you said in a uh, an email man it's not they're they're not accidents um we talked about the medical industry we talked about i shared the story of my father being dissected like a pig uh you know i have not been to a doctor since i was 30 35 i think 30 30, 35 um Mm. you know because i just don't it's to me it's and we don't need to get into that it's just a a big hunk of shit, as far as I'm concerned. It's a big money trap. And you said something just recently, just wrong. in passing, was most doctors don't take chemo.
1: Yeah, I think that I, I read a, I read a, I, I read a, uh, yeah, you go down a rabbit hole, right? And whatever. But I read a survey that more than 90% of medical doctors don't take chemo right i mean even in my book i've got one case study of a, of a doctor who dr hummer healed of lung cancer um and then using the medical science that he developed right i.e not using chemo and then that doctor was an oncologist and then he went back and started using chemo with all of his patients but he didn't take it right right which is yeah.
0: ironic to me but uh at any rate um no. you uh it's not ironic y- y- yeah it's not ironic <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, th- yeah it's not ironic <laughs> you, you
1: know you know there's a skull and bones on that chemo bag right i mean it's poison right? be, it's, it's basically right. chemotherapy is a derivative of mustard gas right so yeah you know, in mustard gas they're using wars to kill people right so right, right, why right, would right. you why, why would you put mustard gas inside your body i mean right. that's crazy
0: so, yeah, well, it's just like aspartame, man, and diet sodas. You know, I mean, it's rat poison. I mean, we're, we're, it's we're rat ingesting poison. rat poison. We're, we're drinking. Yeah, it, absolutely. You know, but, yeah. uh, uh, so at any rate, um, uh, the sign up for your email list, they get this book, uh, what are the biggest challenges for somebody, because, uh, you know, we know, I know, there's people going, this is all horse shit, this is all horse shit, this is all horse shit. And when you have that mindset, then you just closed your mind to something that could change your life forever. How do you when you have you I know I know you have, have you run into people that have sought help? I'm I'd imagine you have to truly convince them because like you said you don't heal anybody the first challenge has to be getting them to understand i'll use the word buy-in but i think
1: there's a better word um how do you do that so here uh, here's the thing um when i started on this journey you know with my with my zest to help i would try and help anybody and everybody right and and the point you're making is that Ninety-nine percent of the people would number one say you're mad, and number two, um, you know, so I'm, I'm not interested in listening. Right. So the way I the way I manage that process is for the last fifteen years, with rare exception, for the most part, I only help people who medical doctors have sent home to die.
0: Okay. All right. So right? they're more they're going to be more inclined
1: to say, oh, I'm going to take a
0: swing. Right? Oh,
1: mate. I mean, on you know, I, I, I say it a little bit in jest, right? But when medical doctors send you home to die and say, right, there's nothing more that can be done, at that point in time, I mean, you're walking dead, right? So you become incredibly open-minded, right? if somebody comes up to me they've got a stage one stage two cancer diagnosis something and they come to me for advice and they say oh should i go and do chemo should i do this i'm like you know you do what you need to do right everybody's path to healing is different and you have to find your path right well and that's when that's if that's, if, that's the... if you survive that treatment then come back yeah that, and that's right?
0: the, that that's it's it's interesting because i've had this conversation is what can be like if somebody comes and says uh, to me, uh, you know, uh, they're intrigued of maybe how I've done some navigation through my life or whatever. I can see the disbelief in their their faces. And I know, see, I've been doing it long enough. I can't change anybody's fucking mind. No, absolutely. I cannot change a soul's mind until that act of desperation comes in when the open-mindedness Comes up, right? I mean, that's that's it. So, okay. Here's a better question: Is there have you found a methodology to take somebody that is not that desperate and help them? How do you help that person before it becomes doom and gloom? I mean, that's a sincere question. Like, how do we do that? How how is that possible?
1: Well, I mean. it does happen right you have you have people who are more open-minded right or say less brainwashed by the existing system right um and if they come they come and i'm happy to help anybody i mean there's no in there's no such stage of cancer or stage one stage i mean it's it's all complete rubbish anyway right so if somebody if somebody comes to me and they want help I'm happy to help them. I'd be honest with you, Paul. I i mean, I am. I'm insanely, insanely busy, right? I do not have the time to try and convince somebody who's skeptical, you know, who said, oh, no, that's all crazy and stuff. On the one hand, that. If 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 they don't want to listen, right? I'm like, you, yeah. I mean, you're done. There's a number of things. There's a number of things in play here, Paul. Right now, number one, I don't, I don't, I've, I've never charged cancer patients for helping them. Right? It's right. all number one. I'm not a doctor. Right. Number don't two, play. Don't play one on TV. That's what I always say. I'm not a doctor, yeah, and I, I don't play one on TV. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a doctor. I don't charge anything. Right? If anybody wants help, it's it's done. I only charge people in karma. Right. And if people come, if they want help, I'm delighted to be able to help them. If they don't want help, you know, I don't I don't gain anything if they survive and I don't lose anything if they die. Right. Right. So as far as I'm concerned, if you want help, I'm delighted to help you. If you don't want help. I'm delighted to not help you, right? Because and, and
0: so basically, the understanding is very simple. And what I've kind of lived by is I'm not going to sit there and argue with you about
1: what I believe. I'm not going to argue with you. But here's, here's a, here's a, here's a juxtaposed jug, jug position, right? I, I tell everybody... Okay. You should not believe a word I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You should always remain skeptical. Yes. And you should never believe anything you hear, including what I'm saying, until you have personal experience of actually solving a problem using this medical science, right? Right. You I I don't believe anything that anybody tells me until I've gone through and verified it for myself again and again and again and again and again and again. And each time I do it, I get greater and greater conviction, right? To the point now where, you know, 10 years, 10 years in, I've solved so many ridiculously critical problems with this knowledge that you know for me it's the holy grail right but if you've never been exposed to it you've never solved those problems it should not be the holy grail for you but look at it and say well this is interesting maybe it's worth maybe it's worth looking into right? right but remain skeptical until you have personal experience and as you start getting personal experience conviction will come yeah I and think that's the, I th- that's the advice I give. I think one of the
0: one of the things that, uh, you know, a question that has come up time and time again with me, because and again, I'm not I faltered. You and I talked, I think, even before uh, we went on air, you know, we 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 tend sometimes to forget how, uh, you know, I know what the meditation I know what prayer I know what uh, eating I know what all those things can do sometimes you forget. And every time I forget, I end up in a shithole. I mean, every time I forget. Yeah. And, but the, the blessing that I have is from the age of 11, having an aunt who was an astrologer, who, mm. who really taught me not only was she an astrologer, she was very faithful uh, because, you know, God in the universe, right? I mean, who created the universe, God. And so astrology and and faith is a direct connect. I, and Absolutely. when I say that to people, they're like, you know, they think astrology is some witchcraft. No, it's not. I mean, if if you believe, and let's just use, I'll use Jesus as, a, as an example. If you believe uh, in Jesus, how did in the hell did they find him? They found him from a star. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. Who put the star up there? But the, I've been, I'm blessed because I was trained that way. It was instilled in me. And for those who never had that, it's very hard for them to understand how to get it. And I always say, just like you, just do the research. Just start Mm. practicing now because there's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. Why wait till it's Mm. too late? Start educating yourself about it. And, uh, you know, what's good for me is not good for Danny Carroll. What's good no, for absolutely. Danny Carroll is not good for Paul Jones. But if I at least open, I guess that's really probably the answer that I'm looking for is you've got to convince people they have to open their mind.
1: Yeah, that my as, as my teacher said, it's very difficult to teach somebody to swim when they're drowning, right? Right. It's always better to learn to swim before you get in the water. Okay, so... It's always better to learn how your body actually functions and what you need to do to heal yourself before you get sick. Right. And we, now most people most people don't do that, right? And even once they're sick, it's still possible for them to heal themselves, right? right even right, if it's right. terminal and all of that, all of that junk, right? Complete and utter rubbish, right? If you're breathing, you can solve a problem. If you can solve a problem, you can recover your health. That's it, as simple as that, right? But it's ideally it's, it's better exercise. to do what it's, I've done. It's exercise. It's better it's, to do what I've done and spend your life learning this stuff, right? So right. that when you get in, when you when you get in a tight corner. You know how to get yourself out of it, right? Yeah. Hey, uh, Danny, real fast. Hey, here, I want I want to come back. Can Can you hang with me and
0: we'll just do a part two or something? Can you hang? Yeah, baby. Okay, yeah, as baby. long as you can, my my brother. I'm talking to Danny <laughs> Carroll. Uh This guy is just he's off the chart. Uh, I I don't want to end, but we did hit sixty. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop a song in here. It's called "What You Feeling." Uh, and uh, just a cool ass tune uh, It's 3 minutes 41 seconds I'm going to come back We're going to do like a part 2 here uh, With uh, Danny Carroll And I'll be, uh, I'll be right back It is right now uh, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time On 3-1 And uh, What you feeling? Alright guys I'm, uh, on the... And that was part 1 Of 2 But there's going to be like 700 With Danny Carroll you can go to danny-carol.com. He's the author of Terminal Cancer is a Misdiagnosis and Just a Really Cool Dude. So get in the app, go to part two, listen to how we clean that up. But there's going to be much more of this man who's going to help you take better care of your lives. That's a fact. See ya.